So I get to talk tonight on the fourth pillar, the pillar of power. We've been doing that for this past month, right? Talking about the purpose of God and the presence of the Lord and prosperity. And tonight is power. And Pastor uh, encouraged us, exhorted us, challenged us on Sunday when he gave that message on power to believe that there is an unlimited supply available to us. Do you remember that? Think back to just a few days ago, right, when he talked about that, that God has available to us all that we need. It's all there. And he referenced Mark uh, 11, and I just want to read that scripture because... I mean, these are intensely uh, challenging words, right? I feel like we can literally hear this and do a checkup on where we stand in relation to this. So I want to read these words and just, you know, um, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit tonight, actually, a little bit. So just really cool to just see how we, you know, Pastor Tina led us in that beautiful time, just experiencing in the worship team too, just in that time of experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit. But let me just read these words to you. It says here, Jesus replied, he was talking to his disciples. He said, let the faith of God be in you. Listen to the truth I speak to you. If someone says to this mountain with great faith and having no doubt, mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. It will be done. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours. That's Mark 11, 23 and 24 in the Passion Translation. So, you know, I'm not going to do a little survey and ask you to rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 or anything. But, you know, when I read these words, it definitely brings a conviction to my own heart, right, in terms of whether I can actually um, manifest in every area of my life. So I'm believing tonight that we're going to receive the portion that we need to advance and go to the next level. Okay, whatever that is, God knows, and we've already received. We've received in worship because we've encountered the presence of the Holy Spirit. And anything that God does is full of power. Whenever he shows up, there's power available to us. And he comes bearing gifts because, I mean, we wouldn't go to someone's house without bringing gifts, right? If we were visiting our kids, you know, we always have something that we're bringing along for them, right? So it's easy for us to believe that he wants us to increase. So... I want to speak tonight about this kind of mountain-moving faith that is described in this trick, uh, scripture that Pastor has been encouraging us to believe. And Pastor Tina, when she taught on prosperity, do you remember that scripture? Uh, Beloved, I hope above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers, right? So that challenge to us to actually believe, to believe. So let's do that. Ready? All right, say yes. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. All right. So there are two questions that I feel like we have to settle in our hearts as we move forward. And I've been kind of referring to this a little bit. And the first question, um, to, to be honest, is do I believe this? Do I believe what God is saying? Do I believe he'll do what he says he'll do? That's absolutely critical that we settle that in our heart. So if I'm talking to a group of students, then we would really just camp out on that and kind of pick that apart and um, maybe even do a little survey where we might kind of rate ourselves on a scale of one to 10 to see kind of how we're doing in that area. 
because this is critically important, right? If, if God said something, is it settled in our heart? Is that the final word concerning it, right? If we have any fear in our lives, then we know that it's probably not completely settled, right? If there's fear, then there may be room for wavering and wondering and questioning if God's gonna come through. So, you know, we'll see where he leads tonight in terms of whether we get down that road too far, but let's just mark that as a red flag. Do I believe what God says? Do I believe what God says? The second question that we have to settle in our heart is, is this available to me? Is this available to me? It's one thing to believe that God loves everyone. And then it's a whole nother thing to actually believe that he loves me. Do you know what I'm saying? It's one thing to understand that for, you know, God so loved the world that he sent his own son. Great. But do I matter to God? Does he see me? That has to be settled in our heart. We have to find the scriptures that will back that belief up in order for us to feel like we're standing on solid ground concerning that. And these things are no small matter, but thank God we have the Holy Spirit to help us in our quest to get these issues settled. So I hope I'm creating a little bit of tension in your, in your soul right now. Um, that's the part of this talk, right, is to just create a little bit of tension there in terms of how, how we're actually doing. How are we doing? How are we doing? Well, I think we're doing great. We might not be where we want to be, but we're not where we used to be, right? We've definitely prog progressed, we've advanced. But you know, I know that there's not one person in this room who's settling for the status quo. I know there's not one single person sitting here. You would not be here on a Wednesday night during this busy season that's already upon us, right? If you weren't desiring the more of God, you would not be here. And God always meets us where our hunger is, as Pastor was saying earlier, right? And so we're here because we, we want to know. Yes. Um, when I think about that, so, so this question is, uh, is this available to me, what God is offering? Is this available to me? And I think about, I, I'm doing this fitness program on, you know, on, online kind of thing, and the coach that's on this, I've never heard this phrase before, but she'll say, if that move is available to you, then go ahead and, you know, if that stretch is available to you, right? And I thought, oh, I kind of like that term. Is that available to me? That's a nice way, instead of her saying, can you do this, right? Is that available to you? And so I, I thought about that when I was putting this together because I feel like the first question, will God do his part, is about God, right? Let's settle that with God. Will God do this? Can I trust that God's going to come through? And this second question is about us, right? Is this available to me? Can I actually stretch myself to actually believe? Can I, can I, can I? So question number one, will God do his part? I can't answer that for you personally. I can, I can show you some scriptures, which I love to do because that settles the matter for me. So I'm going to read from Deuteronomy 7, 9. It says, know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant, and then it goes on to say for a thousand generations. So he's giving us a glimpse of his personality there, yeah. right? He's covenant keeping faithful to a thousand generations long after we're gone, 
when no one's even looking to see whether he's actually keeping covenant. A thousand generations, he keeps his word. So that, to me, settles it. And there's so many more scriptures. One more from 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithful, faithless, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, right. right? For he cannot deny himself. He cannot speak against himself. That's an amazing scripture. So in the end of the day, this is a decision that every single one of us has to make here. Right. Do I believe God? Right. Do I believe God? When Jairus was faced with the, um, the report that his daughter was dead, Jesus turned to him and looked and said two words, only believe. He challenged him in that moment to, to believe that God would do what God can do and will do for him. Only believe. He interrupted his thought process, probably tempted to, you know, take a gasp of air and, or, you know, begin to wail, whatever it is when you find out that your daughter's dead. Instead, he intercepted and he said, only believe. Only believe. So I know for, for me, uh, you know, I think Pastor Tina has referenced this idea of having history with God, right? So when you have a little bit of history with God, you know how faithful he is because it's great to get to the end of your rope and realize if God didn't show up, you were sinking. There's no way. I mean, we, we don't want to go back there. We don't want to experience that. But it's awesome to know how good God is and how much he comes through on our behalf. That's, that's history, having history. You have friends probably that you have history with that you know will come through for you, right? And that means a lot. It's like money in the bank where they're concerned, right? And so we, we're just really grateful when we get to bank that with God, right? That kind of experience about his faithfulness. So the second question, is his power available to me? Are those unlimited resources that Pastor Ian talked about on Sunday, are they available to me? I know they're there. We, you know, everyone in the room has probably heard tons of scriptures on finances and God's provision, right? For the general, general populace, you know, for the general believer. We know they're there, but are they available to me? Is that move available to me? Can I get that far? Can I stretch that far? Can I access that? The Bible says, again, in Mark 9, 23, it says, anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible if a person believes. So the first part of that scripture is God's part. Anything's possible, right? He'll take care of it. Doesn't matter how it happens, but he will do it. He'll move mountains, you know, on our behalf, whatever is required. Anything's possible if a person believes. So that's our part, isn't it? That's our part. And I, I have this little um, ceiling tile, okay? Okay, because we're in the prop mode here, uh, object <laughs> lessons and all, and I wanted to join in because I think it's so cool, right? It's just so great to have the visual. I wanted to put on here the word expectation, but I didn't want to wreck the tile. So our, our expectations or our hope, okay, is kind of what this tile represents, okay? So, so this idea is that uh, I have above me a tile on in my life you know I have a certain level of expectations that I am believing for everything under the tile represents what I can do in my own natural strength 
Everything below the tile is my contacts, my connections, my education, my gifts, my talents. Um, uh, what else? What else do we kind of, you know, your experience, your lifestyle, all those things that you might draw on to accomplish the things that you're hoping for, right? right? Now, the problem with that is that my dreams are bigger than my expectations, right? right. My dreams are bigger than my expectations, but this is real. Now, I'm not going to talk tonight about how this happens because a lot of times we impose the restriction on our own lives, on our own lives based on you know, what we think we can accomplish, all right? But this is real. Everything above the tile is the supernatural, okay? Everything that exists above here requires God to get involved and actually participate in this work. Now, don't get me wrong. I can't do anything without God, even the stuff in the natural. My gifts, my talents, they all come from him, right? He put them in us. He put the passions, the drive, all of that in there. You know, I have to thank him for the breath that's in my lungs, right? If he didn't give me the breath of life, then I would not be here. I'd be just a little pile on the floor, right? So, but the above the tile stuff requires, number one, that I believe that God is faithful and that he'll come through. And number two, I have to believe that it's available to me. I have to figure out how do I get that in my life. Mm -hmm. So if I use that analogy of fitness, is that stretch available to you? (laughs) What would you say in that situation? You have to practice, right? You have to train your body. You have to lean in that direction. You have to do what it takes, whatever it is, right, to make that become a reality in your life. That makes sense, doesn't it? So somehow we think that the spiritual world is a little bit different. And pastor said it is not intuitive on Sunday. Do you remember he said that? He said, you can't just feel your way through. You have to do it the way God designed it to be done. So big giant check mark for every single one who's a believer here, right? Because the first step is that you must be born again. You cannot do it in your own strength. Even though you might be enjoying life under the ceiling, you wouldn't be there without God, and you definitely can't go past that unless you do it God's way. So I want to talk a little bit about that tonight. All right, so can I, Sandy, give you that for a little bit? And I'm just like... It's okay. So, oh, my pants too. Okay. That's the problem with those tiles, eh? Okay. So the ceiling is like an upper limit, right? I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it, right? It's like, uh, like the maximum altitude that something can go, like in an aircraft, the maximum altitude that it can go. Or sometimes it feels like a boundary, like a ceiling cap or a salary cap, I mean. You know, you can only make this much and no more. It doesn't matter how much extra you work or how many extra years of service you have, there's a cap on that, and it feels like a ceiling. And I think probably everybody can relate to that in some way, right? Maybe you're trying to, you know, as a student, you're trying to push to the next grade level, and you just can't seem to get from a B to an A, you know? Or you're trying to break out into a new marketing business, and you just are having a hard time getting your sales up to that level. You know, so many things. It could even be in a relationship. Maybe you're believing God for an estranged relationship with a child or a family member. It just seems like no matter how hard you're pushing against that, it's not happening, right? You keep bumping into uh, a logger jam there. 
Or, you know, sometimes people feel like they experience a ceiling even in their prayer life or in worship where they feel like they want to break through to the next level, but they're just not really sure how to do that. So um, I want to look to the scriptures as a solution to this problem, to this tension that we're um, describing tonight. Because, this, you know, the scriptures have what we need, right. right? The scriptures have what we need. They definitely show us how we can access the supernatural, and that's what we desire, not just for our own good, obviously, but to be a blessing, right? Blessed to be a blessing, a divine pipeline, so that all the families of the earth, right, are blessed. Yay, God, we're, we're always into that, and that's amazing. So um, I like to look at the scriptures because the Bible actually says that the truth there, the truth in the scriptures will set us free. That's in John, or Romans 8, 32. So the truth or the word of God will set us free or it'll help us break through to the next level. Because if the ceiling is a limit, right? If the ceiling's a limit, then God, he's, he wants to remove the limit. He's a good father. I have children. And if I see a limit over their lives, I desire that thing to be gone because... I see the potential in them. And if they're not maximizing that potential, then I experience that as a loss, although I don't think God experiences loss in the same way. But I believe that he sees that there is potential there that somehow is affected to the desires we have in life. And his desire then would be that we would max out, right? That we would experience the fullness of what life has to offer. He's a good dad. So he wants to show us how to do that. And you know, I also found the scripture, which I feel just kind of seals the deal. It says, uh, Jesus actually said to the religious leaders who were trying to trap him, he said to them, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures, <laughs> right? And you don't know the power of God. You don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. And that's in Matthew 22, 29. He puts scripture and power together. You don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. So I feel like in a lot of ways he's saying, you guys are just doing this whole thing with your own strength, right? You're making up all these rules. You're trying to figure out how to make me happy, you know, but you're not talking to me about it, you know, and no wonder you're struggling and frustrated because you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. You're doing this in your own strength. It's like a hamster on a wheel going around and around and around. And that's just no fun, right? It's not only no fun, it's exhausting and frustrating and disappointing. And I feel like that's what a ceiling does, right? They actually did a test on fleas. And we've shared this before, so I know you've heard this story. But your typical average flea can actually jump almost three feet high. So they've tested this in a lab, right? with a group of fleas and they let them jump and they measure how high, I don't know how they see them, but apparently they can jump to almost three feet high. And then they imposed a ceiling. So that ceiling prevented them from jumping. So they could jump a foot and that was it and no more. So what happened over time is that they grew accustomed to that limitation and it felt normal for them because when they removed the ceiling, guess how high the fleas jumped? One foot, right? They didn't, they didn't go, hey, yay, we're free. You know, let's go for it. No, they learn to adapt, right? And so that is a great danger for us. That, that really is a great danger for us. I am waving a red flag on that one, not trying to kind of instill fear, but just saying that we have to be aware of how discouragement 
or disappointment, you know, those things that have um, impacted us, trauma in life, you know, diff you know, just things that have happened, losses, things like that can be like a, a ceiling and we start ad adapting to that thing and lowering our expectations. Remember, if that's, that ceiling is expectations, then it starts kind of coming down a bit, right? Which would be okay if it was just you that's affected, but every single one of you here is part of a family, <laughs> right? Every single one of you has a realm of influence. You all have a glory zone around you. When people come into your glory zone, right, you're either inspiring them for more or you're just, you know, tell them life is good as it is this much and no more. But that's not, that's not, a, that's not good with God. So, and it's not good with pastors. They wouldn't be here if they weren't desiring to remove the ceilings right. off of our lives. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, yay. Now, <laughs> so back to the question here. So is God's power available to me? Romans 1.16 says it's available to everyone who believes. We, we already talked about that, right? Everyone is everyone, right? Certainly every single one in this room. So there are two requirements to this. God's power is available to everyone who believes. The first one is probably obvious, right? Any guesses on what this might be? You have to believe, right? That's the first requirement. God's power, we're talking about power, the fourth pillar, right? God's power is available to everyone who believes. Everyone. So if you get a bad report, you know, maybe you've got school debt that you're trying to pay off, or like I said, a difficult, challenging relationship, whatever it is, is God's word the final authority in your life? Remember the first question was, can God do it? Is he faithful? right? Is his word the final authority in my life, right? And if it is, right, do I actually believe? Is that available to me, right? I need to settle this. So that might be bringing up in your heart questions of worth and value, those kinds of things that the enemy tries to um, put on us, chains and shackles of discouragement that he might try and cause us to get all bound up in, and distracted by, right? Because that's the name of his game. It's like, how long can I keep these people busy on the wheel, focused on their imperfection, missing the name of the game, right? Which is to win souls for Jesus and to enjoy the journey, to utilize the gifts that God has given us. Someone wrote a long, long time ago that the glory of God is man fully alive. That's a bold statement, right? From the 1400s, I think that was back in the very conservative days of Christianity, yeah. right? The glory of God is man fully alive. That, that just makes sense if you believe that God is a good father, yeah. right? That he wants to see his kids thrive. The Bible says the children of the righteous thrive, right? That's a promise from God. The children of the righteous thrive. He's very particular about his words, right? Because he has to back them with himself. So if you're not thriving, then you have something to talk to God about, right? He wants to inspire your meditation if you're not thriving because you probably have a picture, a ceiling yeah, right. in your life yeah. of mediocre. And, and in order for you to, to uh, exchange that for something better, you need to this, have the second requirement that I want to talk to you about. So the first one was, do I believe? I have to have faith, right? 
Okay? The second thing is, I have to believe and cooperate with the one who's been sent to administer power to me. And that is the Holy Spirit I'm talking about. Right? I have to, I have to just deal with it. If I don't feel comfortable with the Holy Spirit and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, something needs to be done about that. Something needs to be done about that. Something needs. And I, I want to read these scriptures because I think they really help us to kind of see again. You know, sometimes people think the Holy Spirit is like some kind of second tier God. You know, um, like there's Jesus and the Father and somehow the Holy Spirit. Not really quite sure where he fits in the mix, right? But that's not what God says about him, right? He, he's a third person of the Trinity and he is God. Second Corinthians 3 says, now the Lord is the Spirit. And we sang about this tonight. Tim sang this song. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's freedom. Isn't that great? I love that, Tim. <laughs> I just love that. That's amazing. So we have to believe. We have to believe in the Holy Spirit. We have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. We have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Right? We're not talking about, you know, doing something that's crazy. Right? But we're, what we are going to talk about tonight is yielding right? If you feel a prompting in your heart, go with it, right? Yield to that voice within. So uh, Romans 8 says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Why am I sharing that? Because the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is in us. That same, if he could raise Jesus from the dead, if he could go down into hell, okay, and raise him up into heaven, he certainly can deal with our ceilings and limitations in life. That's not too hard for him. John 14 says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. This is referring to the Holy Spirit, our helper, to be with you forever, forever. We all love to know that we have a guardian angel, right, that follows us around wherever we go. How fun is that, right? But we have the Holy Spirit who will be with us forever. The world cannot receive him. The world can't receive him. And a lot of the Christian church can't receive him. A lot of the Christian church has a hard time with the Holy Spirit. Right? The world can't receive him but because it neither sees him nor knows him. But we're, we're you know, we're not... We're not people that need to see in order to believe, right? We don't want to be like Thomas, you know. Until I see the holes in his hands, I'm not going to believe that he's been raised from the dead. The world needs to see. He says, and this is what God says, you know him. You already, I'm inserting that word, okay. You know him already. You know the Holy Spirit. You know what he feels like. You know what he sounds like. You know when he's near. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. Acts 1 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And Romans 15 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are talking about this power that's available to us by connecting with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you didn't realize when you've experienced some of these things in this scripture, you know, you've felt hope or joy that you were actually receiving because the Holy Spirit was ministering to you, yes, right? Yes. That he actually is spoon-feeding you the wisdom <laughs> that so you good. need, right? 
right? It's not some kind of concept that's existing arbitrarily somewhere, but there's actually a God who loves you, who's in you and is speaking to you and ministering to you and giving you what you need. I mean, he's really just too good to even talk about. Beforehand, I was thinking, Lord, I can't. I don't even think I can do this because... You know, English words don't compare when we think about him. And, you know, we're talking so casually about him, and he's doing miraculous things to save our lives every single day, right? Every single day, he's picking us up and protecting us. And, you know, for no other reason except that he loves us, and he wants to be with us. He likes the sound of our voice. It's really no different than when you have a dear one that you love to be with, and you look forward to their call or their company, that's how he feels about us. So I, I know that for a long time, I really, I didn't, I didn't get the Holy Spirit. I really, you know, I love Jesus, and then, then I fell in love with the Father, and I could relate to them because, you, you know, you think about father and brother, and so it's like, relates to our natural relationships, but Holy Spirit, you know, the idea of tongues of fire, it's not really that warm and cozy, you know? Like it's, you know, what is that, right? So I honestly struggled with the Holy Spirit for a while. And then even like the gift of tongues, I probably, I think I sat for 10 years on those gifts and didn't, didn't pray in tongues because I just wasn't sure, you know, and what was that? That was just fear, right? That, that was, I imposed a ceiling because I was not comfortable because I didn't understand with my natural, you know, and I needed healing in a lot of areas, right? And so, yay for freedom, because I'm able to experience the fullness of God. And, and we want that for every single one here. In Acts 2, you, you can read that yourself, where the Holy Spirit came on them with tongues of fire, and they received the gifts of the Spirit, and they all spoke in tongues. Yay, God. And so tonight, if you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, please come to the altar after service. We would love to pray with you. No pressure, right? But we would so love to pray with you. So um, so the, the Holy Spirit, I just want to tell a little story about the difference that he's made in my life. And um, I mean, this seems so trite because like he probably did so many things that I can't tell you about because I didn't even know about them, right? So... <laughs> You know, so, but anyways, this is what I got. Okay, so, um, I, this is just a funny, not funny story. This is kind of an ironic story because when I studied uh, in social work and back in my 20s, right, I wanted nothing to do with counseling. I think I've shared this story before. Like, I literally had an aversion to counseling. I thought, I do not want anything to do with hearing about people's problems. Okay? Like, uh, I ran in the opposite direction, didn't even ask God. I was a believer, but I went to deal with, you know, organizations and policy, which totally not me. But I felt comfortable there, right? So I, I was afraid of people's pain. And honestly, I didn't know how to steward the gifts that were in me, so I, wasn't, I didn't know what to do with this. I felt compassion for people, but I really didn't have an understanding of that. And so I, I just find it so funny that, you know, here I am listening to people's problems. And I love it. I, I, I don't love to hear the problems, but I love, I mean, I don't mind to hear the problems. I don't mean that I don't love to hear the problems. I mean 
I mean that I love that God has a way of putting a spin on everything, even a horrible traumatic experience. He just comes with this little touch and then the person's got a big smile on their face because they're seeing things from God's view. That's the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit. Jesus is in heaven, okay? So you know how we say Jesus is in our heart? It's actually the Holy Spirit that's in our heart, okay? Jesus is not actually in our heart, right? He's, he's a man, right? He's up in heaven with the Father. So we have the Holy Spirit. And so if this is happening to me where I have had like a complete turnaround in the calling on my life, well, I went in social work because I knew I had a calling, you know, to connect with people and to be there with people but I didn't know how that was gonna be expressed. I'm sure maybe it's happening to some of you, right? Where you're feeling confused about your calling in life, but God wants to bring clarity to that as we tap into this power source available to us. Okay, so I have learned to connect with him, thanks be to God, right? Um, and, and this funny scripture, Mark 13 says, do not worry beforehand, do not worry beforehand about what you're gonna say. Just say whatever's given you at the time. Hello, come on, like, for it, is, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit speaking. That's, that is the whole process in itself, right, of just yielding to the Lord and being good with that, right? Because God's got to deal with our pride, where we want it to be about us, right? And we got to get to that place where it's like, <laughs> you can have it, Lord. I'm happy to be your mouthpiece because I have no idea, right? So that's, that's amazing, for me, I think that's amazing. So I, I wanted to say um, one little thing. This, this, I'm trying to think about how to kind of actually pre be practical with this, right? So I, I'm going to just share this little bit about how the Holy Spirit works for me, okay? So um, the best that I can describe it is like this. The Holy Spirit helps me to connect to God's love. So why does God's love matter so much? Because we learned last year from Pastor Ian, right, that love is our super power, right? So if love is a source of power, I need to connect to that source of power in order to be able to have the wisdom that I need for whatever is going on around me, right? So the Holy Spirit helps me to connect to God's love. And some people call it tuning in the flow. You probably, some of you may have heard that, right? The students have definitely heard that, right? It's kind of just, you know, turning inwards. It's sort of what happens when you come to the altar. You know when you come to the altar and you close your eyes and pretty soon you feel like you might be swaying a little bit or you just have that really warm, yummy feeling on the inside or when someone's praying for you and you just feel maybe like your knees are buckling a little bit or whatever. That's the Holy Spirit. So you don't have to feel him for him to be present, though, because then that would make us, you know, controlling him, and that's not how it works, right? But the Holy Spirit is there. So it's, you know, um, he helps us to connect to God's love. So I, I do this all the time at the altar when I'm praying for people, right? It's like, you know, a lot of times you feel like, I'll just be real, like sometimes you feel like you're tired, you know, or maybe you're hungry or you have a headache or you're just not really sure, right? You're, you know, it's not like if you have the gift of discernment, then you might actually be able to read people's mail, right? And be able to speak prophetically and that. But a lot of times it's, so this is my profession. So in your profession, it'll be a little bit different, but this is basically the same thing, right? 
I would just tune in to him. Yeah. Right? I'm just... Now, the important thing is that um, faith is required. Now, where do I have that? Because that is like, that's a biggie. Faith is required. Okay, well, I'm just going to say it because it's important. So, it's, it's this. I tune into God, right? I tune into God, and I'm using my faith at the same time. Right? right? So, I'm actually believing I'm yielding, I'm leaning into his presence. And it, the faith is what the yielding is, right? That as I, as I believe he's there and hears me, and I think about all the scriptures that come to mind, like my sheep know my voice, right? He reminds me of exactly what I need to hear, right? So it's a partnership, right? God's got his part where he meets me as I just call on him. I have my part, I have to believe that he's there. Right? The Bible says before we even called on uh, him, he answered us. Before we even called, he already answered us. So um, I've, I've had the really cool experience. So in the Rhema room, same thing. I would just tune in to the Lord you know, for discernment on direction or the kinds of questions to ask because I don't know, right? But he does. He knows exactly which kind of question is going to be like a laser beam in your heart. You know, sometimes we find ourselves out there and it's like, how do we get here? This is amazing. I have no idea how we got here. I cannot bottle this and re, you know, retract this, but here we are. And God is doing a, a miracle and healing a heart. I've, I've had the cool thing happen. Because um, I, I just want to share this because maybe if you can't relate to, you know, uh, speaking comforting with people on that. I've had the really cool thing happen where um, I have used this exact same process, okay, for things that are broken, like physical inanimate objects, right? So how I learned this idea about tuning into love is because one time I had a light fixture that would not work, okay? I changed the bulb in my range hood, all right? I changed the bulb and it would not work. So I'm thinking, okay, this is not good. Something's wrong in there and I don't know how to fix that, right? So I thought, I'm just going to use this as an opportunity to practice my faith and believe God for this thing to work. So I had the time, because otherwise I would, have, I would have failed. But I had like a good 30 minutes, right? So I'm praying for this light fixture. And I'm praying like for 10 minutes. I'm praying, I'm t praying in tongues, I'm talking to that thing. In the name of Jesus, I command you to work, Right? <laughs> I'm like digging deep. I'm pulling up the authority and I command you and the thing still doesn't work. And I'm like, I am not giving up on this thing, Lord, because I need this thing to work, right? And funny thing, because I don't know if this will ever happen, but I got the idea later in life that um, what if I was on the mission field somewhere and the generator broke down, right? You know what I mean? Like, so we're practicing in these things that seem like they don't matter, but you just never know what God's training you for, right? So then I just started praying in tongues because I thought, okay, this isn't working. I'm getting tired. Plus, I'm getting frustrated, you know, and I'm not going to end this thing feeling like somehow I got beat, right? Yeah, so, right. Lord, right. I believe your word is true. Yes. I believe you're true. I believe it's available to me, right? So I'm praying in tongues. Okay, Lord, well, I need some wisdom here. And then I feel the Holy Spirit say, tap into my love and release the love. Because the first time I was praying, like, I command you as if the light fixture is a devil, you know? <laughs> like, as if I'm mad at the light fixture, right? And I could feel like I'm, I got all this anger towards this light fixture that's not working, right? 
And this is not God's economy, right? Like he doesn't operate in hatred and anger. That's not it. So I can't, it's not intuitive. I can't just kind of feel like this is how I'm going to talk to this thing, and, right? So I'm like, okay, okay, Lord. So I just release your love. I laid hands on that thing. I release the love of God over this thing. And I speak to this inanimate objects. I speak to the atoms in this thing. And you have to obey because you belong to me. Therefore, you are part of the kingdom of God and everything that is in this kingdom is available to me. Right? So, boom, the thing comes on. Okay. So I wasn't fully convinced because I thought, okay, I, I mean, I knew it was God, but I thought, can I do that again? Right? Like, is that? And so it kind of became a bit of a, a pain in Dom's side, actually, because he would have a problem with something, and I'd say, did you pray? He's like, no. Like, has it come to that? No. Right? So, so one time, same thing with the DVD player. We could not get this thing to work. And, of course, we're all sitting around. We want to watch this movie, and it's like, we don't have a plan B. I need this DVD player to work. So I just laid my hands on the thing. I say, in the name of Jesus, I bless you and I release the love of God over you, right? Now, the whole time I'm doing that, I am connecting to the love of God, right? And I'm pressing in in faith, right? Because I have to, you have to believe that that's actually happening. So I've had it where phones have died, like been deader than dead, like not gonna happen. Couple of phones, things like that. But I have to tell you though, um, the key is God, right? And the second critical key, critical key, critical key, is that we have to sustain the relationship. If we don't sustain the connection to God, we're not gonna have the faith to tap in to the love, right? So where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. So if we're not reading the Bible, if we're not spending time in the word, then we don't have the faith. So when we tap into God, and we tap into his love, we connect to his love, we have those little nagging thoughts, possibly about you know all that old stuff that the enemy just wants to keep bringing up, right? And if the faith is not there that God's gonna come through, that God's gonna do it, because it's not about me. I'm not trying to have faith in my ability to make a light bulb turn on, right? It has to be faith in God. That's absolutely critical. Okay, so I'm just gonna close with, um, with this, uh, don't sell yourself short, right? Don't sell God short. Go for it. Step into what God has and come to the altar. If you are wanting just someone to agree with you concerning the, you know, the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Spirit, we want to pray with you. And I'm just going to close with um, the scripture. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. This is in the Passion Translation. And the veil has been removed. Jesus died, the veil was torn, right? We can all draw close to him. We can all tap into him. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. He said greater works would we do, right? We would raise the dead. We would do it. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Amen. 
Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that your life was impacted by this service and you are able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've known about him, but been far from him. We want to give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross so that you could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. If you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then just repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my Savior and my Lord. Help me believe in you and love you every day. And help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you have just made to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey. And most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we would love to send you with some easy steps on where to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you real soon.